Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. While the pandemic shined a light on the role of diet and nutrition in health and wellness, it also revealed that most consumers don't have a firm or even loose idea of what constitutes a healthy diet, underscoring the need for more research and better education on the topic. According to Mintel research presented last month at IFT's Time to Kickstart Healthy Eating virtual meeting, 52% of U.S. consumers are concerned about strengthening their immune system, and 47% are doing so by regularly consuming immune-boosting foods. This is up from only 27% who reported regularly consuming foods to boost their immune system before the pandemic. And while Mintel research also shows that many consumers believe they eat healthy, most of them define healthy as simply having fresh or no bad stuff. This is a pretty narrow definition, according to IFT President Noel Anderson, who in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast calls on the nutrition and healthcare communities to seize this moment in which consumer interest in health and nutrition is at an all-time high to better educate them about the dietary guidelines and what a healthy diet actually entails. He also urges more research into the relationship between diet and health to better substantiate marketing claims and asks that the government more directly encourage healthy nutrition. So after more than a year of eating and cooking almost exclusively at home with a focus of supporting their physical and mental well-being during the pandemic, many Americans may be less physically fit than before the pandemic, with many now grappling with what Anderson calls the COVID-15, or in some people's case, the COVID-20. He explains that the addition of 15 to 20 pounds or more during the pandemic has created another health crisis that is just as dangerous and just as in need of fast action as the coronavirus. I, I don't think there's a deep understanding about what healthy, healthy eating really means to the common consumer. Research has clearly shown that consumers are more aware and claim that they want to eat healthy, but to many of them, eating healthy simply means fresh but has no bad stuff in it. That's a pretty narrow definition. Furthermore, when you look at their behaviors, it still indicates that taste is still king. Deliciousness drives purchases. And that, that's their behaviors. That's how they make their purchasing decisions. While consumers express the desire to eat more healthy foods and foods that would boost their immune system, I don't know that it really worked out that way. And at the end of the day, the things I've been reading more recently is that people, the COVID-15 or the COVID-20 has been very prevalent. People actually gained weight. Most, many people actually gained weight during this time period. We are in yet another crisis. More than 70% of Americans over age 20 are overweight today. And fully one-third of Americans over age 20 are obese. This is terrible. This has huge implications to their health and to our health care system. So similar to COVID, I think we need action now. And it starts that with admitting that we have a problem. And, I, you know, I don't talk to many people that think we really have a, a crisis when it comes to obesity uh, and diabetes, for instance.
I think we do have a very big problem that needs to be augmented. And I think industry could play a very key role about being vocal of their support and leverage their unique talents, such as marketing, to help support this effort. While lauding the food and beverage industry's tremendous skill set when it comes to marketing, Anderson says he believes much of this effort currently is misplaced, and instead of helping consumers, may actually be hurting them and even sowing seeds of distrust that could hurt the industry later. I do think that industry has tremendous skill sets when it comes to marketing. And I do think that with the proper marketing and creating simple messages, maybe at a higher level about overall health and wellness and good for you, maybe that's as far as they should go in some of these things. And when they do try to take it down too far without having the supporting science, I think they create distrust in the entire food industry. Uh, when you can't support the claim with you know, actual benefits that you perceive, I think we just create a, a bad situation. This is an extremely complex area when you talk about food and health. And um, I just think we have to be careful about what we communicate, how we communicate it, and when we communicate it. When brands do talk about nutrition through their packaging, Anderson says he would like them to stick to the facts and ditch misleading implied claims that play to consumer fears, desires, or misconceptions about specific ingredients or even production practices. As I was thinking about it, I think industry could do a much better job in simplifying the message that they send out with their marketing. I think they need to be held to a higher standard. Perhaps they shouldn't be allowed to make implicit claims. Those that state, you know, it contains antioxidants or whatever, or more specifically, what it does not contain. I think you know, claims imply that these foods are healthier for you, yet many aren't supported by sound peer-reviewed science. And not only as an individual component, but within the context of an individual's diet, will it really make a difference when you consume this can of functional beverage or not? I think the jury is still out. So if you think about immunity and antioxidants again, marketers claim their products contain antioxidants and then link that to increased immunity. I don't think the science can confirm that consuming that ingredient in that product in the context of that individual's diet will have any impact whatsoever. When consumers get so much conflicting information and don't experience the benefits expected, then we all lose trust with our consumers. There is a strong desire for consumers to buy products that are going to help support the immune system. That's a clear and compelling benefit, particularly given what we've been through with COVID. But quite frankly, I think this is an, an area that has to evolve significantly, and that will have to start with the science. Many people know that antioxidants help stop oxidation and are good for you, but I haven't read many sound scientific peer-reviewed studies demonstrating that it will do so and significantly improve your immune system. I think there is correlation, not cause and effect at this stage of the game. We also need to do more research on how these compounds impact our microbiome. There's quite a lot of evidence that it's our microbiome that has a huge impact on our immune system. And again, I don't see research being done on these antioxidants, what their impact on our, our microbiome is. What isn't as clear is what can we do 
or eat to create a healthier gut and as a result, a healthier you. There's still much more work to be done in this space. Amazes me how little we know and how impactful that is. I I did this uh, research paper um, on the microbiome, and one of the things that I came across was that when they had all those fires in Australia, they created a lot of orphan koalas. And without their mothers, a lot of these koalas, when it came time to be weaned off the milk that they were feeding them, were, were failing to thrive. What they found out is that when the koalas are in the mother's womb or in the, the, what do you call it, the pouch, they actually are fed a, a form of feces in the womb. And it's the bacteria in these feces that, that the mother feeds the, the weaning infant that gives them the ability to digest eucalyptus leaves. Without those enzymes from those bacteria, those eucalyptus leaves are toxic to koala bears. So their microbiome is what allows them to eat what they eat. Otherwise, they would die. Almost all species on earth consume their feces to help generate the right microbiome in their guts. Humans are one of the few, maybe the only species that doesn't do that. So I just think there's so much more to be learned about how we can control and optimize what grows in our gut to help optimize our health. I think we're just scratching the surface. As desperately needed as more research is, Anderson notes it needs to be conducted in a way that removes any risk or perception of bias, which is where he says the government needs to step up. I do believe that we need to do much more research and hopefully government-sponsored so there's no perceived biases, but really do solid research on food as medicine. I think there's a lot there, but it has to be vetted thoroughly. And out of that science, hopefully can come, become claims and allow us to say things that will really make a difference in the human condition. Um, based on sound science. And I don't think there's any, again, any easy answers to get around the perceived biases that come into it when industry funds that type of research. What I do believe in is that I think we need more government funding of that type of research. I think we spend an incredibly small amount of our tax dollars to fund research that would support health and wellness in the field of food. So I, I don't think anyone would say research being sponsored by the federal or state governments would be biased if that's where the funding is coming from. But I think that's the type of science we need to gain credibility and make better decisions. So I think when you do things as a group rather than the individual company, you're helping the industry. And I don't think they're, they're perceived as being self-serving when they do it as a group, along with nutritionists and the the government and and, and industry. I I think it's a much better situation rather than everyone trying to do it on their own. Anderson also calls on the Biden administration to build upon its expanded public health messaging so that it's not just focused on the pandemic and vaccinations, but to once again shine a spotlight on the obesity epidemic, similar to what former First Lady Michelle Obama did with Partnership for a Healthier America, when Barack Obama was president. I would suggest with the Biden administration, it's a much more appropriate time to bring forth those type of ideas, whether it be a 
White House summit about, you know, the health care crisis in the United States related to our foods, you know, obesity or whatever. I think the time is right, particularly following up on COVID, um, to do something like that. It, it just seems like a lot of the, the vectors are coming together to say this is a really great time to be talking about this type of thing and create the, t- the type of change needed to do those type of things. I think, you know, there's been lots of subsidies to help promote certain industries in the United States for corn, soy, sugar, things like that. But maybe now's the time to increase subsidies for people that are growing those type of products that we perceive we need to be consuming more of, like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, and things like that. So maybe government can play a role to help promote and, and grow the, that part of the industry that I don't think received the support that other parts of the industry have received in the past. In addition to investing in research and refining marketing, Anderson called on the industry to better meet America's nutritional and health needs through new product innovation, which he suggests could be faster and more effective than renovating existing products to have better health profiles. It's extremely hard to change products in any way without impacting the consumer's perceived value or impression of that product. So if we make products that are designed to be delicious and then we want to make them healthy, we have to change that product. Anytime you change that product, typically the consumer, the heavy user consumer will pick that up and typically not like that change. So that is the challenge. So to me, that's where food science comes to play. I think our job is to deliver both great taste and deliciousness with those true health and wellness benefits. That is a tough, tough challenge that I began working on challenges like that back in the 1980s with General Foods. It's very, very difficult to do to accomplish both of those things, but I do think that's the challenge going forward. Applying great science to deliver great taste and deliver true health and wellness. Hence, I think I've been associated with both approaches, the stealth approach as well as the in-your-face approach. I haven't seen either approach be successful. <laughs> to me, the biggest opportunity is to start fresh with a brand new product and create new brands that stand for themselves. So that next way, you're not worried about having to change taste to deliver health and wellness. You start with the health and wellness and do what you can to make it taste great. Um, so if you start working with lower sodium, having more fiber in these products, and you design for deliciousness, I think just by turning it around and looking at it that way, developing products that way, they're going to have a much higher chance for success. Anderson says he also sees tremendous opportunity to create convenient, affordable, and delicious products with more fiber, which many Americans fail to consume enough of and which is gaining more interest from them. While Anderson sees significant room for improvement in meeting America's health and nutrition needs, he also says he's optimistic about public and private players coming together to meet consumer demand for more information and products that promote healthier lifestyles. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again for another installment in the future. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.